Welcome to Saga Craft. Myths, fairy tales, legends, stories comfort us, inspire us, and heal us. Please join us as we share stories, both old and new. More than anything, we are open to the story and its unfolding. At times, it may be one story told by one person. At times, it's the same story told through three different voices. In the end, we go where the story takes us, and we invite you to follow. I'm C, a writer, artist, and storyteller. I'm Betsy, a medium and teacher of mystery traditions. I'm Gabriella, an artist and practitioner of folk magic. We, we are, are magical, magical fairy godmothers, godmothers in, in training. training. Our stories today are about nature spirits. We hope you enjoy them. And my nature spirit is a djinn, or is part djinn. I'm not sure how that works. Anyway, once upon a time, there was a djinn named Attica, who, after spending a near eternity discerning the ideal experience, basked in the eternal beauty of her own creation. She twisted and turned like iridescent smoke in a world of transcendent rainbow-flavored bliss for days, then centuries, then eons. She was playing a game only she could win. Other djinn would come by to admire her blissful palace of light and offer her adventures. Her laughter was like fairy bells. Until one day, when Attica realized she was bored came on both immediately and slowly, like these things so often do. She was undulating, morphing, stretching her light thin, and contracting it into a tight ball, feeling the rhythmic pull of sensual dichotomy, when she suddenly thought, why? It was an odd thought that took her by surprise until she realized that it had been rolling around in the back of her mind as long as she could remember. So when Clarice, a friend she'd known since pre-tide, came by for a quick bath in her nirvana, Attica asked about Clarice's most recent adventure. Clarice told her of an agreement she had with the spirit of grass. She was bound for a growing season to go to patches of dry, trampled shoots and whisper, grow, grow, grow. And sometimes they did, sometimes. But other times did not go so well. Humans trampled them, animals ate them, the sun scorched them. Sometimes it was a losing game. That's exactly what I need, thought Attica, to play a game I might lose. So when Clarice asked if she wanted to go the next season, Attica agreed. Yours, Clarice told her, is with the onions. Onions, she said, don't just grow up like grass. They also grow out forming and reforming and reforming around the same central core. For them, she explained, you need to chant, grow once again, she said, grow once again, grow once again. But don't take it too personally if they don't grow. Clarice added, Attica laughed, of course the onions would grow. She let go of her beauty, her light, her shape-shifting, and she allowed the winds of change to carry her back to the incarnate realm, where she settled over a plot of onion seeds that had been planted just that day. First, she caressed them with her love and pointed out the damp spots in the earth where they could best suckle. Then she went about her work. Grow once again, grow once again, grow once again, she chanted, and in time they did grow. 
In only a few weeks, the tiny sprouts poked up through the crust of the earth headed for the sun. Attica was delighted. She danced and swayed as she sang, and her attention and care sent them shooting even higher. And when, in midsummer, they had turned from bright green to dark, she sat back with pride and enjoyed the industriousness of her field. When she remembered the world she had created for herself, and she missed it deeply in her bones. Suddenly aware of her own exhaustion, the light in her heart dimmed and she longed for rest. Her aspect ached from her constant vigilance. Her head swam with the endless cataloging of the individual plants. And she was tired, so tired of chanting. But soon the farmer came and harvested her crop and she moved on, swiftly finding a neglected patch, its shoots only inches high, bent and fading. She caressed them with her love. A few rippled, but others sat stone still. She reverberated the ground with the rhythm of her attention. A few more responded, slowly straining their kinks. Grow once again, grow once again, grow once again, she chanted. And some did but others bowed their heads and turned away from the sun. Finally, she went to the most dismal of the onions, its brown, dried shoot curled back against the ground. Grow, she began. No, came a tired, weak voice. But you can make it. Why? The onion responded. I am tired of playing a game I can only lose. But you can also win, she said. Please, for me, please win. I cannot win. That time has passed. Now I can only lose, the onion responded. And she watched as the spirit of the onion left its hollow husk and began to dissipate. One last chance, she cried out, begging, please. It wafted a moment, then in a resigned voice agreed, one last chance. And it constricted, pulling itself into a tight ball. She cradled the spark of the onion spirit in her hands and gracefully asked the winds of change to carry her back to the ethereal realm. When she arrived at her world of comfort and beauty, she tucked the spirit of the onion in, wrapping it warmly in her transcendent light. Then she got in beside it, renewing herself as well. And she watched and waited as it absorbed the light, the peace of the world she built. When it was strong and thriving once again, it wrapped itself around her. Thank you, it said. I'm ready to play the game again. It's only fun when there's something left to lose. And with that, she lifted it once more, summoning the winds of change and letting them carry her to the onion patch. As soon as they arrived, the spirit threw itself onto the onion and immediately its shoots began to unfurl. Over the next few days, she chanted, grow once again, grow once again, grow once again. And it did. And the other onions saw its progress and were inspired. They all began to lift themselves and each other, turning fully to the sun once more. And by the time the season was done, Attica, too, was tired. She was more than ready to return home. She needed to play a game she could only win for a while. But from then on, she always spent one season a year playing a game that she could also lose. Because while she hadn't noticed it at the time, she too had heard the call of life to grow once again, grow. I love the unfolding consciousness of Attica 
and her responsiveness to boredom. I like her friend also who pointed out a way for her to have more more experience in life and a challenge as well. It's a beautiful story, C. And well, it surprised me because I really understood the onion, the tired onion. I thought, oh, it's just, it's its time to become part of the fertile soil. It's, this is the way it wants to go. And it's a lesson, you know, for Attica, but it was a, a revelation for, at that point for the land. And it was the willingness of that spirit to be reconnected with a bigger piece of itself that would nourish the soil and would inspire the other plants to grow. I thought that was a really lovely thread of hope and possibility and miracle growth. (laughs) I guess for me, looking at the partnering that goes on with the nature spirit and the natural world itself and I also was really pleased for her that she's continuing that path part-time so that she gets all of her needs met as well. That was particularly satisfying. (laughs) It's possible to grow and rest. Yes. (laughs) To have meaningful work and a beautiful existence, too, is also its own contribution. I love the winds of change, too. They were great. Thank you. And now you, Betsy. Okay. The name of my story is From Under Her Skirts. For me, there was no clear beginning. I wasn't, and then I was. Later, the image came to my mind of being under the skirts of the mother. In this placement, held and loved, I lived and grew more myself. I know this only because first there was no self, only us, mother and me and others under her skirts. She became more and more to me as I became more myself. The mother is water, sky, and light. The us, others as I came to know them, were kin and yet not all alike, either to her or to me. Under her skirts, we all fit together with no hierarchy, just who was closer and less knowing and farther out from her and more knowing. Being together under her skirts offered sustenance. With sustenance, we became more. Conditions around the mother change more rapidly than things under her skirts did for us. What became clear as thoughts came and later became more coherent were conditions that were cool, cold, warming, and warm. The cold was frozen, the warming awakening, 
warm with growth and flourishing. Under her skirts, close to her, one was unaware of this. As we made our way out to the edges where her skirts connected with what was outside, these conditions were experienced. Comprehension of this took much time to gain. Time itself had no meaning for me until it did. I wasn't, and then I was, separate from the mother. I was moved in a current that edged me closer to the edges of her skirts, and then eventually out from under them. This happened because more of us appeared. This gave me more understanding of what I had been and then what I was. It gave me more understanding of what had happened to me, was happening to me. Now I was not so close to the mother, still with her, but more separate. I remembered nothing, then closeness to her, then less closeness to her, and then space. After space, what I knew next was wind, air moving, curling, and eventually carrying, wind, buoyant, engaging, and insistent. This was new. The mother was allowing, supportive, and omnipresent, then less as one passed from under her skirts from her light to a different light. This new light was much farther away, present and then not, and then present again. A new group of us had occurred, and I was much more out in the space. Wind, Father, were her words of parting, as wind carried me from her and out into space more vast than I was capable of imagining. Certainty, and then uncertainty with Windfather, and then eventually certainty as Windfather picked me up, carrying me and then releasing me, carrying me and releasing me. In this way, traveling far, growing with each increment of wind travel, releasing me in air, descending to earth, descending to water, each descent in air grew me, each descent to earth diminished me. Landing on water or watery earth grew me, with each growth becoming more me, not seed nor chaff, but wisps now, wisps of air, water, and sky, sometimes seeable, sometimes not. I was this way for some time with Windfather until he passed me into the care of Wind Uncles. He whispered, flow, to me. Those were his parting words. Wind Uncles carried me north, pointing at my heart to the pulse that grew brighter and bluer when flowing and flying north. In the hands of wind uncles, I pondered flow, which I did not know. Coming to the north, waterways, skies reflecting on water, air currents, water currents, and mist moving across water. 
Midnight sun shining and light everywhere, cooling and then cold. Aurora Borealis with blessing particles of light from the sun. Sunni, who wasn't awake much during the cold. Auroras drifting, curtaining, spiraling with supercharged light awakened me and my sense of self grew more. My color shifted to blue-green. In rains, I merged and became apparently subsumed, but not. Thunderer came and awakened me from the stasis of water. Rumbles and focused light galvanized me, and I grew and longed for more. In longing, I rose and flowed, rolling and dancing on currents of air and water with joy, increasing joy. In this watery place of marsh and fens, I live and here I belong. Marsh Mother, awakened from sleep in the warming, came and visited one evening. She watched me at play in joy and was still drowsy from long winter sleep. She began dreaming a deeper life for me. She took holy water from her breast and anointed me, filling me with blessings, mystery, and life, filling me with wonderment and eventually transforming wonder into presence brimming with blessings. Following currents, riding winds, rolling and flowing. Oh, wind father, I'm flowing. Marsh mother called me back, holding me cupped to her heart mind. She called my destiny to me and made it one with me. Magic, blessings, currents to travel, awakener, endower, she cried out. All my existence coming together as Virva Tuli, will of the wisp. As Virva, I have will, and I roll and frolic following unseen currents. Beneath my perambulating path, water becomes pure, plants thrive, creatures metamorphose, and like calls to like as other spirits, fey, elementals, and nature spirits dance together in seasonal pageantry. Merging in sky, water, and light, our nocturnal magic brings flourishing to all we encounter. In winter, sky, water, and light freeze, holding the earth of the north and drawing the aurora into our frozen selves over winter to bring glorious green growth in the warming times, nourishing countless wondrous lives. That was very beautiful, thank you. And I loved playing Guess What It Is. <laughs> That's always fun to me. Yeah, Did you guess? went to water. No, not at all. Not at all. I was going with clouds and that kind of thing for a long time. <laughs> it was very beautiful. How was it for you to move through that whole experience? It was really fun. 
I really enjoyed the growing consciousness too. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. And I, I also felt very curious in moments of the story, but that was only my mind. I felt like there was a singing to the story and in a, a way that it was in a way which unfolded that just kept me captive, you know, captivated to where I wanted to enjoy the experience and didn't want to have an idea of what I was because I really felt merged with the spirit of this is part of awakening. This is how this happens. This is how nature unfolds. And I don't want any part of my mind interfering with that process, even though I was curious, but I just allowed myself, I knew I wouldn't be able to figure it out. I was like, it's not going to be clear until the end. (laughs) And so I just really enjoyed every moment of in between. And it really at the beginning of the story, I thought, oh, it's a story about the void. You know, I really felt like the skirts and the mother, it was that kind of coming in and out of the dreaming self and consciousness and birth. And then the further away we got, I was like, nope, that's not what it is, but maybe. Ultimately, I enjoyed all of it, all of the story. And I, the wind is always my favorite. And you spoke of the uncle wind. And in Slavic culture, Strebuk is the god of the wind, but also the word Stre is a reference to uncle. Mm-hmm. So you're always, so I, you know, so for me, of course, that just is like, it's all connected. Everybody talks in nature, everybody, every culture shares this. So it was really beautiful and so beautifully written, just beautifully written. Thank you. Thank you. I feel really intrigued too at both of our stories. The um, felt to me as though they shared some knowledge and insight into the nature world. And I was reflecting as you were reading yours, just compared to mine, of how yours evolved into so much consciousness by the time that you were writing her story. And this was interesting because, I mean, I have no idea who this mother is, that whose skirts that she was under, a, a mother I don't know particularly, but I feel now like I know her. Yeah. The name um, Virvatuli is a Finnish name for Will-o'-the-Wisp. This being made their way to Finland from wherever they began. And I enjoyed that part too, like... You start wherever the creation is, and then you, you know, your destiny unfolds in the hands of all these different beings as you get the chance to know more and more who you are and what you are. Well, thank you. It's very beautiful. Both of your stories were very, very beautiful. And so you came together almost as if you wrote them knowing that you were going to write them, but you didn't. That's not how we do it. We never know. Right. Well, it makes me want to explore the beginnings of other kinds of beings to know what their beginnings are like. I liked that our stories covered these different epochs in the nature of beings' life, too. Because I, I, if I remember correctly, see you were referencing that things that your Attica had experience had gone on for eons I think was a word that you used yeah and this was the sense I had with this one was it seemed like a lot of time passed as consciousness was growing 
and the movement was happening first without any will or volition, but eventually with will and volition also. And yours, your nature spirit had so much will and volition. That was really fascinating to feel, at least from my standpoint, to feel the evolutionary processes there. A feeling of individuation from the earth itself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I hope our listeners will think about the spirits of nature that they feel the most close to and think about what has their life path been up into this moment when you cross paths with them and wonder about who they are. Beautiful thing to do in spring as we're heading towards summer. Many to welcome right now. Well, thank you both so much for your stories. And speaking of stories and speaking of evolution and winds of change, Saga Crafts will be taking a small break, a small sabbatical that's really for the means of, or rather for a further dreaming that Saga requires us to do. We want to spend a little time going deeper under the roots of the tree and further into the boughs and the leaves of the tree where we can find more stories. We will possibly bring and connect with some of the stories we've already shared and continue them and others may want to be done for now. So we really want to honor that process. So we will certainly return and with great excitement, we we are we're going to return with with new stories and possibly a bit of a new format for us that we're still exploring. And for the listeners that we are so grateful to, we would encourage you to write your own stories, whether they're inspired by our stories and you want to maybe follow up on one of the stories you heard and want to add your own chapter to that or other stories you may be dreaming, we perhaps will be open to listening and having you share those stories with us when we return. This is still unfolding, but we just want to offer that to you at this time of when we are on our little break that uh, you may continue to be in story, be in saga. And feel free to reach out to us um, and share stories or any feedback you might have. We can be reached at saga at sagacraft.com. And that's sagacraft with a K, as you know. Um, but we just wanted to let you know that we, you won't be hearing from us for a little bit, but we will be back. And we are so grateful to you listening so intently. We can truly feel it when we get together and share these stories. So we are really grateful to you and your beautiful attention. And we hope to see you or hear you or you hearing us very, very soon. And while we're off on break and you're enjoying other stories, um, we wish you well. And we look forward to sharing our stories with you again in the near future. Thank you so much. Thank you. And special thanks to the fantastic Zoe Magic for her phenomenal editing skills.